Welcome to the Queen City Church Podcast. We're so excited that you decided to join us, and we wanted to personally welcome you. Thank you so much for listening in today. Our goal is that this message will encourage you and give you practical steps for a relationship with God that keep getting better and better. Enjoy the message. I would love if you turn in your Bibles to Luke chapter 24. Luke chapter 24. And if you don't have a Bible, we have a really big one that's going to be on the screen behind me. Or if you want, like, if you want to get a Bible, maybe you don't have a Bible, we would love to give you one. We have free Bibles that you have already paid for through your generosity, and you can go out to our info area and say, hey, I would love a Bible, and there's going to be somebody really nice that's going to give you a free Bible. So Luke chapter 24, I want to make sure that you guys understand that today is not a funeral. Today is a celebration. Can I get a good amen, okay? That we're celebrating the fact that the stone was rolled away and that a very alive Jesus walked out of the tomb defeating death, hell, and the grave. And it's a good day. We, we believe that Easter should be a day to be celebrated. And so let me show you that day in the Bible, in Luke chapter 24. We're gonna start in verse one. It says, but very early on Sunday morning, now we're gonna come back to that. Very early on Sunday morning, The women went to the tomb, taking the spices they had prepared. They found that the stone had been rolled away from the entrance. So they went in, but they didn't find the body of the Lord Jesus. As they stood there, puzzled, two men, and the rest of the gospels actually describe these men as angels. So two men suddenly appeared to them, clothed in their Easter best, dazzling robes, And the women were terrified and bowed with their faces to the ground. Then the men asked, this is great, I love this. Why are you looking among the dead for someone who is alive? He isn't here. He is risen from the dead. Now, I've read that passage of scripture hundreds of times, but this week, as I was preparing, there was one specific phrase from the very first verse that jumped out where it says, but very early on Sunday morning, very early on Sunday morning. Because honestly, when I think about Easter, I connect more with Friday than I do on Sunday. Because Friday was the day that Jesus went to the cross. It was a day that in Christianity, now today, we call it Good Friday, but it was only good for us. It was actually an awful day for Jesus. It was a day where he was betrayed and abandoned by his closest friends. A day where he was falsely accused, where he was beaten and hit and whipped. It was a day where he was so degraded that he was spit on by other people. He was mocked, he was humiliated. It was a day where they made a crown of thorns in mocking him, but then they shoved that crown of thorns on his head. It was a day where he Literally the only person who's ever lived a perfect life on planet earth was nailed to a cross to be executed like a criminal. But it was also a day that we could never do for ourselves. It was a day where Jesus did something for us that we could never do for ourselves. It was a day where he paid for our sins. It was a day where where all the ways that we fall short all our mistakes, the things that separate us from God, that he paid for those things, not just for that moment, but once and for all. Which means now, the debt that you and I owe 
has been paid in full. Our balance is zero. Like we don't owe anything anymore. We are forgiven. And the crazy thing is, we didn't earn it. We don't deserve it. All we do is receive it. And that thing that we receive is a gift called grace. And it's amazing grace. And here's the deal. What makes it so amazing is that we don't even deserve it. It shouldn't even exist. And he did that. And here's what blows me away. He did all of that. He went through all of that. He experienced all those things just for a chance to have a relationship with you. Knowing that he would give us all choice whether or not we would say yes or no. And he did that just for a chance to have a relationship with you. And then I love this verse, 1 John 4, 10. It said this, this, what we just talked about on Friday, this is real love. Not that he loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son as a sacrifice to take away our sins. See that? That was Friday. But today, I wanna talk to you about Sunday. So if you're taking notes, I would love to you write this message title down, which I encourage you to do that. We actually put something in your worship guide for you to take notes. And I, I think that they're gonna ask in heaven to, to turn in your notes, okay? <laughs> I think. I think it's in the Bible. I don't know. <laughs> Kidding, okay? Like, heathen, okay. <laughs> but write down this title. This is what we wanna talk about over the next few minutes. Why Sunday? Why Sunday? See, I understand why Friday needed to happen. But why Sunday? And just a moment of honesty here in church, which we believe in, you know, like it's a safe place, you can be real. How many of you are like me and you always ask why? How many of you, like, we got some people that just ask why all the time. I've been that way since I was a little kid. I was that annoying kid that always asked why. Like, but why? But why? But why? I would just ask it all the time. And it's kind of like how my mind works. It's just how God wired me. And, like, I, I, I just want to know why. So I think about things sometimes. I think, like, if a store is open 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 365 days a year, why are there locks on the door? Like, I don't, I don't get it. I don't get it. I got more. Okay. Like, why? why? Why do we call the time of the day where the traffic is the slowest rush hour? I don't get it. I don't get it. I don't understand. Why is the guy who invests all your money called a broker? I don't get it. If flying is so safe, why do we call the airport a terminal? Like, I just, I don't, I don't, it just, just don't understand, you know? Last one is my favorite. I know this is like dad joke city, okay? I'm owning it. I'm owning it. Well, why are they called apartments? when they're all stuck together. Like, I don't get it. Don't get it. Why, why, why? So preparing this week for our first Easter as a church, I couldn't stop thinking, why? Why Sunday? Why the resurrection? Why the empty tomb? I understand why Jesus needed to die on a cross, but why did Jesus need to like rise from the dead? Like, I understand why Friday needed to happen, but why Sunday? Let me give you two reasons. Here's the first. 
to prove that he really is who he claimed to be. So Sunday had to happen for him to prove that he really is who he claimed to be. Because Jesus made a lot of claims to be the son of God, the Messiah, the savior of the world. He even made this audacious claim that he would die for all of mankind and then raise from the dead three days later. And in Matthew's account of this resurrection story, it says he isn't here. He is risen from the dead just as he said would happen. Come see where his body was lying. And then in Romans chapter one and verse four, it says, and he was shown to be the son of God. He was shown to be who he said he was when he was raised from the dead by the power of the Holy Spirit. He is Jesus Christ, our Lord. So when he got out of the grave, guys, you need to understand that he was more than just a, he was communicating that he was more than just a good man, that he was more than just a good teacher or a preacher or a leader, that when he got out of the grave, he proved that he was who he said he was, God's one and only son sent to save the world. So why Sunday? To prove that he really is who he claimed to be. And then number two, to conquer death. See, Sunday had to happen so that he could conquer death once and for all. Let me show you in God's word. In Revelation chapter one, verse 18, Jesus talking. He says, I am he who lives. That's a present tense. He lives right now. I am he who lives. And then he says something not many people has ever been able to say, walking planet earth, and was dead. I was dead. And behold, I am alive, not just for a little bit. I am alive forevermore. And then, and then Jesus like, that was so good. I'm going to amen myself. He goes, amen. <laughs> amen. Sometimes I feel like doing that. Just amen. Okay. And he amens himself. And he says, and I have the keys. I have the keys of Hades. And so another translation of that may say the grave, which represents this physical death. And then the translation that I'm reading here in the New King James Version and of, it says capital D, death, which represents spiritual death. And so here he says, I have the keys of physical death and spiritual death. And keys unlock things. And spiritually, keys also represent authority, which means whoever has the keys has the authority. So in this verse, Jesus is saying, I have the keys, I have the authority to unlock death off of humanity. In other words, I have the keys and I have the authority to whatever areas in your life are dead, I can unlock that. See, the devil is so defeated, he doesn't even have keys to his own house. Oh! That's good, okay? See, that's why Paul writes in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, because he understands this. And he says, death is swallowed up in victory. And then he starts talking trash to death. And I love this. It's like, death? I mean, you don't got nothing on me. He's like, oh, death, where's your victory? Oh, death, where's your sting? Ah, you know. 
He starts talking trash to death. It says, for sin is the sting that results in death and the law gives sin its power. Then I love this, but thank God that he gives us victory over sin and death through our Lord Jesus Christ. That's why C.S. Lewis says that Easter is death working backwards. Listen, Jesus didn't come to make bad people good. He came to make dead people alive. So when he got out of the grave, it changed everything for you and me, everything. And not just for eternity, not just for the fact that we get to go spend eternity with him, but also for today. And here's why, I love this verse. This is Romans chapter eight, verse 11. I think it's my favorite Easter verse. It says this, that the spirit of God, this is, this is, how, this, this is how Easter affects our today. Okay, the spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead, get this, lives in you. And just as, meaning in the same way that God raised Christ Jesus from the dead, he will, not might, he will give life to your mortal bodies. In other words, that the dead places and the areas in your life, that he will give life to those areas by the same spirit living within you. In other words, that if you believe in Jesus, write this down, the same power that conquered death lives in you. The same power. And that's power not only to change you for eternity, but to change things in your life right now. It's power to change things in your life that right now you're sitting there in those green wooden chairs. And right now you think that there's areas of my life that I cannot change. Those areas are the areas that this power can change. Power to give life to the dead things in your life. Listen, I do not know how much power it took to raise Jesus from the dead. But what I do know reading this verse is that same power lives on the inside of you. And it gives you power today to help your marriage. That right now, you may be here and you may have a smile on your face, but behind closed doors when you're at home and you know your marriage is hanging on by a thread, that power can help. The broken families that maybe are represented here and the, the relationships that maybe are broken within your families that the power is available today to help with the depression and anxiety that is constantly hovering in your life, like this cloud that's constantly there. Or maybe the addictions that you can't seem to shake no matter how much you try, you just keep going back. And it's like two steps forward, three steps back. And that power is available to help in that area or to help with your loneliness or the grief that is so heavy. Or maybe you regret and guilt and shame of the past or constant stress and worry about the future. That that type of power is available today. I, I, I wrote this sentence down as a way to really understand what the resurrection power does. See, the, res the resurrection of Jesus gives you and me the power to close the gap between the life that you are living and the life that you could live. See, that's what it's all about, that the, resu the resurrection of Jesus gives you the power to close the gap between the life that you are living and the life that you could live. And through Jesus, God not only offers you eternal life, but he offers you abundant life, the best possible life that you and I could ever possibly live 
He offers that to you. It's not just about fire insurance and getting to heaven one day. It's about living the best possible life right now, which means today, here's the good news. You don't have to just celebrate Easter. You can't experience Easter. Let me show you in scripture in Philippians chapter three. It says, I want to know Christ and experience that mighty power that raised him from the dead. I want to experience it. That's been my prayer for this Easter, that every single one of us wouldn't just hear about it and celebrate it, but that we would experience it. I want to suffer with him, sharing in his death, so that one way or another, I will experience the resurrection from the dead. That's why we just don't have to celebrate it. We can experience Easter. Listen, you can walk out of here different than how you walked in. And by the way, you need to know this about our church, especially if you're here for the first time, that that's what we're all about. We're all about not playing church, not going through the religious routines and the motion. Listen, we refuse to come in here week after week and put on a church mask and a fake smile, acting like everything is all good. How you doing, brother? I'm blessed and highly favored, you know? (laughs) We refuse to. We're We're not gonna act like we're perfect because the good news of the gospel is that you don't have to be. Listen, this church is not for perfect people. So if you're perfect, you're not gonna like it here because we got issues. In fact, how many of you got issues? Just kind of show of hands. If your hand is not up right now, that is your issue, okay? <laughs> how many of you got so many issues, your issues got issues, okay? Anybody, anybody, yeah. Those are people who need counseling. <laughs> Kidding. How many, how many of you are sitting next to your issue? Don't answer that. Don't answer that. Don't answer that. Put your hand down. Put your hand down. Bad. Okay. <laughs> Listen, I want you to hear this directly from me, the pastor of this church. A church was never meant to be a country club for people who have it all together, but a hospital for the hurting and the broken. We got issues. That starts with us. We, some of us just got to the hospital just a little bit before you, and now we're on our meds, okay? <laughs> so this power, this resurrection power, the big question is how? How do we experience that power? I can tell you right now, it's not by joining a church. It's not by being more religious. It's not about being a better or a nicer person. It's not by getting your act together and cleaning yourself up because the truth is, if you could, you would have already done it. But Ephesians chapter one, in verse 19, it says, I pray that you will begin to understand how incredibly great his power is to help those who, here it is, believe, those who believe him. It is that same mighty power that raised Christ from the dead. So how do you experience that power? You believe in Jesus. Romans 10 verse nine says, if you declare with your mouth, Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. And so every time you see that word believe, I wanna make sure that you and I understand that it's not just the intellectual, factual, heady belief, meaning I believe in that. Can you hand me that? It's not just that you just believe it in your head. Every time you see that phrase, 
Thank you, Sam. That says, every time that you see it say believe, it's not just in your head. The actual original Greek, it says that you believe with all your heart. Here's maybe a different way to interpret it. It's not just that you believe, it's that you believe into it. Maybe another way to put it is that you put all your trust, that you put all your weight. It would be the difference between me saying, I believe that this is a stool. Everybody agree with that? Show of hands, you believe that this is a stool. Okay, good, we're on the same page. I believe, it is a, it's a factual thing. It's a difference between saying that, that's a head knowledge, and saying, I believe into the stool. Not just that I believe that it is a stool, but I'm willing to put all my weight and all my trust in the fact that this is a stool. This is where you believe into. A, this is the type of belief that, that is mentioned in those two verses. So how do you experience that power? It's not just that you believe, have a head knowledge. I agree in my mind. It's saying, no, no, no. I give my whole life, my whole heart, I believe in Jesus. And I'm willing to put my whole weight and trust into this is what this is all about. Where you can experience that type of power. So that resurrection power that raised Jesus from the dead is available to you today. All you have to do is believe. See, we started this church September 16th, 2018, 32 weeks ago. Here's actually a picture from launch. Look at that. Look at that in the same room. Isn't that awesome? 32 weeks ago, we launched our church and we moved here about nine months before that, knowing one family. And really what's happened over the last 32 weeks, we couldn't have written a script Uh, We prayed big things, we believed for big things, but really where the Bible talks about that he will do immeasurably more than what we could ask or imagine, that's what we feel like we're experiencing the last 32 weeks. It's just immeasurably more, and I truly believe that we're in the middle of a miracle. And by the way, in the first 32 weeks of our church, 175 people have believed in Jesus. Come on, we can, we, can, we can worship God right there. That's good. And I want to make sure that you understand that we aren't trying to have a big church, but we are unapologetically trying to make a big difference. And this week, I asked a lot of people that call Queen City Church their home, and I asked them, like, how have you experienced this power? this resurrection power that is available to us. And I had so many people send in their stories and tell me this is, this is what God's done in my life and this is how God has changed my life. And I want, I want to spend the next two hours, but I know you got egg hunts and I know you got some lunch to get to. So I'm just gonna share six. And I'm gonna tell you right now, you're going to want to clap after each and every one of them. So why don't we just save it till the very end, okay? So one, I went through a very dark season of anxiety, depression, and self-harm. I agreed to go with my best friend to church because I was desperate to find something that could help me escape the pain. I was, it was there that I truly realized what Jesus had done for me and that he would meet me right where I was. 
I left that service free from the weight of depression. And for the first time in a long time, I wanted to live again. Here's the second one. Fear did not phase me when I received my cancer diagnosis. I wasn't scared. I didn't curse God or ask why. By building a relationship with Jesus, I've been gifted an overwhelming and ever-present comfort and peace, joy, trust, and so much more. I have faith for a miracle because of what Jesus did for me. And I know I'm battling physical pain with a spiritual cure. Next, third, my husband and I have recently experienced a very difficult season in our marriage. Through the pain and disappointment, God has always been there for me, continually showing us his overwhelming love and grace. Through this season, I'm drawing closer to God and creating a deeper conviction with with my husband. I have realized that God will use our disappointments to grow our faith and our marriage. Next, this time, five years ago, I was bound by more addictions than I could count and headed down a path of destruction. I honestly didn't see a way out. Then I experienced that power. I'd heard about my entire life in the middle of my darkest season. Jesus met me right where I was and freed me from the prison that I was in. Today, I'm a different man and on a path to make a difference in the world, all because of a miracle working God. Fifth, I was sexually abused most of my childhood and I never felt like I could fully be a man. But the power of God restored my identity and gave me purpose. God reminded me I'm not a victim, but a victor because of Jesus. And the last one, I was leading a messy life, not fully in with God. My bad choices led me to an unplanned pregnancy with a stranger who left me and not only a child, but an untreatable disease. By choosing to go all in and trusting God, I prayed to be healed. And since that very day, I've lived without physical pain and have since formed a family with a man who not only adores my child, but adopted her. Today, I'm, li- I'm living as if I've never been through anything less than a wonderful life. The physical and emotional pain exists no more. Come on, can we give God praise? Listen, that's not just some fictional story that I Googled. Those are real people with real stories in our city that could be in this room right now that have experienced this power and the power that they've experienced, you can experience it too. Because of what Jesus did on Friday, you can experience eternal life. Because of what Jesus did on Sunday, you can experience abundant life. John chapter 11, I'll close with this scripture. And Jesus talking, he says, I am the resurrection. I am the resurrection. You need to understand that the resurrection is not an event, it is a person and his name is Jesus. I am the resurrection and the life. Anyone, anyone. I looked it up in Greek. It means anyone. Anyone who believes in me, like regardless of who you are, 
regardless of what you've done, regardless of how many mistakes you've made or how you grew up or what you've been through, no matter how far you think you are from God, anyone who believes in me will live even after dying. Everyone who lives in me and believes in me will never, ever die. And here's the big question that we all have to ask today. And I'm trying to get us here. Do you believe this? Do you believe this? It's the most important question that anybody's ever gonna ask you. Do you believe this? And typically here in this moment of our service, I would ask every single person to bow their head and close their eyes, but we're not gonna do that today. I'm gonna ask you to very quietly and reverently pull this card back out. Every single person, front to the back, left to the right, pull this card back out. Because I've got one more question for you. And this is how we're going to respond. And here's the question. Where are you on your spiritual journey? And here's the thing. We're all on one. And I'm gonna give you four options and every single one of you are one of the options. And I'm gonna ask you to check the box that best fits you. So where are you on your spiritual journey? Here's the first, and A, it means this. I'm already in a relationship with Jesus. I'm not talking about religion. I'm not talking about you go to church. I'm talking about that you have a relationship with Jesus. Just like I have a relationship with my friends and my family, I have a relationship with Jesus. I'm following him in my life. I've made that decision and I'm following him with my life. I'm already in a relationship with Jesus. And here's the second one, B, is I'm, be I'm beginning a real relationship with Jesus. I'm beginning it, that today, that's the decision that I'm making. And maybe you need to begin for the first time or begin again, where today, if you check that box, I'm trying to be as crystal clear as I can. It's saying today, it's not just that I'm gonna believe in Jesus, believe in the cross, believe in an empty tomb, but I'm going to believe into, put my whole trust, not just with my head, but my whole heart. I'm gonna put my whole weight into Jesus. And see, some of you, maybe you made this decision years ago. Maybe for some of you, you made it decades ago. And you made this decision, but you've went off, and you've gone your own way and you've done your own thing. And right now you feel so separated from God. Here's the amazing thing. You're one decision away from everything changing. To say, I'm believing today or believing again in Jesus. Maybe a good way to put it is this. I need a fresh start. And I can't think of a better day to have that fresh start than on Easter Sunday when Jesus got out of the grave for you. That's B. Here's C. C is, I'd like to consider it a bit more first. I'm not following Jesus and I'm not ready to make that decision yet, but I'm thinking about it and I'm processing it. I just like to consider it a bit more first and know this, our church values this. Our church values you because we didn't start a church for church people. And we dream of being a church 
where people who are searching can find a safe place to just figure it out. A safe place to, I'm, I'm just not there yet. Welcome. We are so stinking excited that you're here at church today and know that you are always welcome, that you can be here as long as you want to and kick the tires and just try, you don't have to give nothing, you don't have to give us money, you don't have to serve anywhere, that we just want you to, we wanna provide a safe place for you to be able to take steps in your spiritual journey. And just, I'm considering it more. Know that you're welcome here. And then D, and I know this is strong, but I don't ever intend on making that decision. I know that that's strong. But if that's you, we have the guts to tell us that. And I want you to know, if that's you, I'm so excited that you're here. And you are welcome here as well. And um, like it or not, we're gonna pray for you. Because I believe that Easter 2020, there's gonna be some people that check different boxes that check this box. And so we're gonna pray for you. So where are you on your spiritual journey? If you would, just take just a second and check that box. And then let's pray together. God, I thank you for today. Thank you for speaking to us. Thank you for your word. Thank you for the decisions that have been made today and thank you for the decisions that were just made right now. And if you prayed, if you checked box B, why don't you just pray something like this in your heart, just right there in your seat. Just say, Jesus, I love you. Jesus, I need you. And I'm sorry, I repent. I go in a different direction. I change my mind in direction. I'm sorry that I've lived my life without you. Come, live inside of me. Change me. Will you make me brand new? I surrender everything to you. Everything, my whole life. I give you my life. And right now, I choose to follow you the rest of my life. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said, amen. Come on. Thank you so much for joining us today. If this message has changed your perspective on God or life, feel free to email your story to info at queencitypeople.com. We'd love to celebrate the change happening in your life. We'd also love to pray for you. If you have any prayer requests, big or small, head over to queencitypeople.com slash prayer and fill out the form with as much detail as you'd like. For more information about Queen City Church's service times, location, or events, visit queencitypeople.com or follow us on social media platforms at queencitypeople.com.